Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. I'd like to thank you for joining us with Camp Radio today. My name is Kevin Pierce, and I will be your host. Today we have with us the Riverside Revival Band from South Louisiana. Jeremy Harper is a lead vocalist, and he is with us. He's a member of First Baptist Covington. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate letting us be here today. Well, Jeremy, I'm very excited. I know during this week you were at Super Summer. You were our, our band, and it's just been a phenomenal uh, week. Uh, the worship, and I thought this would be a great time for us to just really talk about uh, the band, about uh, what your purpose is. And so let's begin by just sharing a little bit about your family. So we are all from uh, South Louisiana. I grew up in a little town called LaRanger, Louisiana, one of those towns where, you know, there's a flashing light, but there's no stoplight or, you know, no no traffic lights. Um, and I grew up there. I moved early on uh, into Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Try saying that five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife grew up there, so we moved there. We have two children. Abby is 17. She's going to be a senior this year. And Austin, uh, he's 14, and he's going to be a freshman this year mm. uh, in high school. So yeah. uh, we live there. We attend First Baptist Covington. Uh, there are other band members, Tommy McLaughlin. He um, lives in LaRanger now. He grew up in Ponchatoula. We just traded spots. <laughs> he lives there with his wife, Ashley, uh, and their two kids. They own a performing arts studio, yeah. a Christian performing arts studio, which is really, really awesome and uh, really great for our community there. Right. Uh, William Fletcher is our guitarist. He and his wife, Ginger, have three boys. William is a farmer. He is a farmer of everything, vegetables. He's His best crop is strawberries. He's a strawberry farmer. Right. Strawberries are really big in, in this in the town of Ponchatoula. So William is a farmer. Uh, Jason is involved in health and safety at a plant, taking care of folks there. He, mm. he and his wife, Andrea, uh, they have four kids. Mm. And so we're all fathers. Uh, we all work you know, outside of doing music. But God has put us together in a very unique way and allowed us to do something different and kind of bring a little bit of South Louisiana flair wherever we go. Well, share me a little bit about your testimony. So I grew up in church. Um, I grew up in a, in, in a little little country church uh, on one little road. Uh, the name of the church was Ebenezer Baptist Church. Mm. I grew up there, and it was one of those things. It was kind of a family church. My dad was the, was a deacon, uh, and I was in charge of making sure the preacher's kids got in trouble, and the preacher's kids <laughs> were in charge of making sure that I got in trouble. Yeah. And so I grew up there, and I spent the majority of my growing up thinking that I was a Christian. And thinking that I, you know, I was living a great life. I had two wonderful parents. I was singing the hymns. I was singing in children's choir. I was in all the children's choir productions. I was learning all the VBS motions and lost as could be. Hmm. Uh, but about 13 years old, my grandfather and I were out on his property. He was a cattle farmer and a dairy farmer in his life. And he had me out in the, we called it the back 40. Yeah. And he said, he said, Jeremy, do you know that you're not saved? Hmm. Do you know that, do you have a relationship with Jesus? I know you go to church and you do all these things. Do you have a relationship? And I never thought about it. I was just yeah. kind of playing church and doing a really good job at playing church. I was, I, I was doing great at it. And not until I realized that my relationship with Christ was the things that I did mm. instead of what he could do for me. Yeah. Uh, and around 13 years old, my grandfather led me to Christ mm. and walked mm. down the aisle and shook the preacher's hand 
and you know how in all the little Baptist churches they may, they have the folks come welcome you into the family after that. Right. Everybody kept going. We we thought you were a Christian. Nobody mm-hmm. thought to ask. And it was my grandfather who, amazing man of God, had the discernment to go. Is there ever been a time where you have a relationship where you trusted Jesus with your heart and not just with your actions? Yeah. And so did that and immediately I was probably leading worship in churches probably 18 19 years old uh, as a fill-in here and there and then really uh, got called into bivocational ministry from there my wife and I led worship she was a piano player I married a piano player hmm. like all good worship leaders yeah. do back then <laughs> and uh, she and I led led worship in churches from the time we were 20 22 years old uh, up until my, my late 30s I was mm. I was bivocational in a church somewhere and then in my late 30s God just said okay you know you've been at this one particular church nine years uh, it's time to do something different and I said well God what is that and he said well it was kind of one of those things where I felt like take a step I'll show you what to do if you take the step uh, as in the Bible it tell it says you know go to a place that I'm going to show you yeah and so we did and it ended up being Riverside Revival Band all the craziness that's that yeah well that's an awesome testimony to hear your grandfather talk to you about Christ I yeah. mean I don't I don't hear that very often right. that you uh, I hear a, a mother or a father or or you know this their pastor or or their son's school teacher but your grandfather I mean that tells you something about your family and right. especially about your grandfather right. it was I I live so my last name of course is Harper I grew up on Harper Lane. Hmm. Uh, if it's a dirt road, and yeah. so that you know, in the front of the property is my grandfather's house, and right behind him is my mom and dad's house, and right behind him is my uncle's house, right yeah. behind him is my aunt's yeah. and my uncle's wow. house, and so we all grew up there together. And so my grandfather was just the lucky one that that got me to realize that right. I needed yeah. that I need. But even looking back at my story of my Christian faith, I could see my dad pro- asking probing questions, and my mom or my right. aunt or my uncle asking these probing mm-hmm. questions. And it just so happened that my grandfather, again right. deacon in that church that I grew up in, right. uh, had happened to be the one that finally got me to realize, you know, yeah, this is, you know, but I, like I said, my mom and dad and aunts and uncles loved me and, and were letting me kind of find my way in my own time. Yeah. And it just so happened that the time was right when my grandfather asked the right question. And yeah. I realized, well, tell me a little bit about your band. I know that you, you, you kind of gave me a little bit of a story of, uh, uh, God's calling in your life to be in music ministry. Well, give me what led up to the band and how all that came about, especially adding these guys in, involved in that. So our story is, a, in my opinion, is a very unique one. Um, I, I mentioned I had spent nine years at a particular church. What I didn't tell you was it was the church that I grew up in. Mm. I got baptized, got saved, I got married. And then God called us away from that church and spent a few years at other churches leading worship. And then uh, the the pastor that was there had a conversation about me coming back home and leading worship in that in my home church. And I thought, oh, I don't know that I want to go home. (laughs) I love my church, but I don't know that they would accept because it was a time in the, the life of churches that music was changing. Right. It was it was the worship wars of contemporary mm-hmm. versus traditional, and I was just worried that I w- it was going to put me in a bad place with the people that I grew up with and the people right. who loved on me and helped raise me. Mm-hmm. And so I very reluctantly listened to God mm-hmm. and took that job and spent nine years there. And were there struggles? Yes, there were definitely worship war struggles, but they loved me and I loved them through it. And I found ways 
to make contemporary more palatable to the older generation. And I found ways to make the traditional more palatable to the ones who were craving that contemporary music. And so that really allowed me to figure out who I needed to be as a, as a worship minister. And so left there and um, decided we were going to take a step back from bivocational ministry for about six months. And, and yeah. God put in front of me an opportunity to lead worship at a particular church in an interim basis mm-hmm. and got to this church and William and Jason went to that church. Mm-hmm. And so got there and they were doing very, very detailed worship arrangements, very, mm-hmm. very not complicated, but very, mm-hmm. this is how we're going to do it. And so I really wanted to try and have a little bit more of a, not spontaneous, but being able to go different places with right. the worship. If we want to do a course again, mm-hmm. let's do that course again. If we feel right. that people are really responding, let's let them have a moment to do that. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to introduce more of an organic sound to mm-hmm. their church. I find a way to marry that contemporary and the mm-hmm. traditional for them. Because right. there was a definite dividing line between traditional and contemporary. Yeah. And so I came across the song by Wren Collective, My Lighthouse, and showed it to the choir. Choir loved it. They were like, yes, we will do this. This is awesome. Yeah. So then I showed it to the band, which Jason and William were a part. William was the acoustic guitarist at the time, and Jason was uh, the electric guitarist. Mm-hmm. And so we we practiced the song, and it went great. And we did the song, and it went great. And yeah. I looked up during the song and Jason's just clapping is not playing his electric yeah. and so after the service I said Jason you, I, I noticed you weren't playing on that what, what's the deal he said well there's not really an electric part in that Wren Collective song there's lots of celebration there's lots of singing loud but there's no electric lead parts I'm happy to clap well Wednesday night we're practicing the band and Jason comes to me and he says hey I was watching a music video from Wren Collective doing My Lighthouse and they're playing this stick I said well <laughs> it's called a stump fiddle he said, if I built one, can I play it Sunday morning? And I said, sure. Him thinking I would never let him play it without ever hearing it. Right. Well, he built it in four days, huh. however many days that is. He built it, and Sunday morning was ready to play it, and he brought it out, and the people loved it. Yeah. Because it was just, it was different. Right. And that's when, in the back of my mind, I realized there was something to that. Yeah. That organic marrying of the traditional and the contemporary that people are willing to do contemporary even if they've been raised traditional Mm. if you make it recognizable if you make it easy to listen to and so i put that in the back of my mind and kind of left it at that and so my time at this particular church was about a year Mm -hmm. Uh, at that point i stepped away they hired the person that they needed and god's using him greatly they're still there Uh, the church is growing doing great and um a little while later, another pastor called and said, "Hey, we're looking to do a kids camp. Do you have a band? We heard you, you know, we heard you lead worship. Do you have a band?" I did not have a band. Yeah. And I said, "Yes, sir, absolutely. I have a band because <laughs> I can put a band together." Right. And so I called William. I said, "Look, I know you're at Woodland Park. Um, I, would you be willing to, to to come and lead worship with me for a weekend? I mean, for a, I'm sorry, for a week?" And he said, "Sure." And I, so I called Jason. And so we just, we just kind of had this conversation about you know what should it look like. Right. And I said, what? And I said, what if we use the stump fiddle? And what if we use this organic sound, this familiar sound, and do contemporary stuff and do traditional stuff? Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of where it started. And we got to this kids camp, thirty-five year old guy, yeah, um, you know, older guys, younger guys, and the kids loved it. Yeah. And we realized, okay, the older generation that we played for loved it. Yeah. The younger generation that we're playing for loved it. There's something here. Right. There's something about this sound that people are willing to do. And so from that point on, it's been four years, and that's Riverside Revival Band came about because of that. And the name Riverside Revival Band comes from, in, in our opinion, our sound is contemporary, but our sound is also traditional. Right. And it harkens back to those days when churches used to have revivals by the river. 
And you would get out there and you would sing, I'll fly away and you will sing, I saw the light or uh, victory in Jesus. And right. we we don't want to ever forget that. The hymns of our past are the bedrock of, who, of what worship is right. for us. But if we stay there, we're never going to move forward. Right. Just like How Great Is Our God was a great worship anthem when I was, uh, when I was first starting out in leading worship. Mm-hmm. But if I just stayed there, so we have to be willing to do both, right. to, to reach as many people as possible. Well, tell me what your passion for ministry is. We have been to so many churches where they are really good at solemn assemblies. They are really good at singing into the hymn book. And I, I even say this on stage sometimes. Some of the best concerts ever have been sung directly into a hymn book because nobody will bring the bring the, the book down to look around and see what's going on. Yeah. Worship is corporate. <laughs> Worship is more than music. Worship is hearing that person beside you and realizing, man, that person is loving what they're doing. Yeah. Our passion is to, we have a t-shirt that says, be the spark. Mm-hmm. And our passion is that we are the spark of celebration mm-hmm. for those churches that have kind of lost the way in that. We want to be able to go to a church where the median age is 60 and worship and be able to go to a church where the median age is 30 and worship. And we feel like our sound does that. Our passion is to show churches that you can use anything Mm -hmm. to worship. If Jason would have come to me that day and said, hey, I'm going to use two spoons, the band would look different, but we would have been using two spoons because we've just learned that we're just not going to say no. If we're going to, if we're going to figure out a way, I mean, this morning in our worship set, Jason played luggage. Yeah. We have two Samsonite <laughs> suitcases that Jason turned into a percussion set. Wow. And our passion is just to, to be the spark of something different because yeah. there's, we're not the best out there, yeah. but I don't know a lot of folks that are like us out there. Well, and, and uh, last night, if you noticed, uh, you said the words, I love it that you, you were talking to the, the kids there in our camp. I love it that you are louder than I am singing through a mic. Yeah. So what yeah. does that mean? For us, it means that we're doing our job mm. to prepare those kids' hearts for the message that's coming. There are some amazing worship bands mm. out there that are doing some amazing things. There's a place for all of us in this thing called Christian music. Sure. There's a place for all of us. I love that our sound, I love that our setup that we do allows us to sing with those people, not for them. We have yet to do a concert in four years. Mm-hmm. We have done worship services because we're singing with those people. Right. We don't want people to sit there and listen to us. We're not that good. Yeah. They, we need them to sing with us. Yeah. And so we love, especially in a, in a setting like this, where I got lost last night listening to those kids sing that song, yeah. that I stepped back and heard them singing and got ready to sing again. I sang it in the wrong octave because I was so focused on them. And I just stepped back and said, okay, guys, you can sing. Yeah. Because they don't need me. When when a worship leader realizes that you're needed to start them, and then if they can just go without you, yeah. your your job's complete. Well, isn't worship all about getting lost exactly. in the presence exactly. of God? Exactly. Yeah. The, and my job and the, the, the William's job and Jason's job and Tommy's job is to facilitate a connection between the worshiper and the worshiped, mm-hmm. which is God. And we never want to leave that stage going, I liked that set. Yeah. And a person in the seats should never go, I didn't like that song. Our whole concept of what we're doing is two things. One, God, did you like what we did tonight? Did yes. you like how my heart offered worship to you? And the second part is we're preparing their hearts to hear from God through the guy that's coming. We have the most stressful spot on the stage mm-hmm. because my job, Tommy's job, William's job, Jason's job 
is to prepare those people's hearts to hear from God and the message. If a pastor came to us and go goes tonight, we don't need to do worship. We're just gonna we're just gonna do a message. Mm. We would get out of the way. Yeah, we would get out of the way. We're 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 humble enough, at least I think we are, to say no problem, yeah. no problem. If that's not what God wants, we're gonna get out of the way. Yeah, and so that's the thing is we realize that our jobs are to prepare, prepare the way of the message of worship that continues on way past us. And uh, last night was a good example as you all prepared everybody's heart and I, and people were raising their hands. Mm-hmm. And, and so you knew they were, they were engulfed in the presence of God. And so when, when uh, our speaker stood up and began to share God's word, they were, they were prepared. Their hearts were softened. They were ready to receive right. the message. Right. And and they did. We had several who received Christ last night. Well, now, what kind of challenges does does it come with? I mean, you, there's a lot of facets to this. You all are have full time uh, jobs. You have you have big families. Uh, you are a long ways right now, a long ways from home, traveling for a whole week that you're taking away that you could be making money to take care of your family. But then also. The challenges of just staying uh, in, in uh, I, I don't know if it's the right word, peak performance spiritually to tackle your calling. Right. So what, what kind of challenges come with all that? Biggest challenges for us are the time constraints. Like, as you mentioned, all of us have full-time jobs. You know, as I said, William's a farmer. Tommy owns a performing arts school. Jason works in safety in a plant. I'm a school teacher full-time. Some of our jobs allow us a little more free time. Other other facets of our job do not. You know, when it's strawberry season, we're not traveling as much. Mm. Uh, for me, I coach girls softball. When, yeah. when softball season's going on, I'm not traveling as much. So the biggest challenge is time. Mm. Finding time to be together, finding time to practice, finding time to, to write songs. Mm. All those things that come about being a band, we just have a less amount of time to do it. We were talking last night about the idea of, you know, what if we had started this in our 20s? And William, very, very, because he is, he sometimes can be the wisest. He's the silliest, but he's also the wisest sometimes. Yeah. He said, Jeremy, I don't think we would have all liked each other in our 20s. <laughs> you know, we, we would not, we were exactly where we're supposed to be right. in the time we're supposed to be there. Yeah. So that's the biggest challenge is time. The second one is time away from family. Yeah. We all love our families dearly and uh, we love our church families too. So, you know, on a Sunday morning, if we're traveling to a, uh, of opportunity to lead worship, we're not home with our church family. And sometimes with our families, our families are back home uh, at our churches. And so I have, uh, in my particular case at First Covington, I have a wonderful church family that loves on my family even when I'm not there. A yeah. wonderful small group uh, in our you know Sunday school class that asks Jennifer, how's Jeremy? Where's Jeremy at today? And usually, right. you know, I'm off singing somewhere. Uh, but when I'm not traveling, I'm also, and we all also have the opportunity to be plugged in in our own, our own thing. So another challenge is staying plugged in with our home church, right. because while this opportunity for the four of us to travel is great, if we're not getting into the word, if we're not being led and, and discipled by our pastors at our, our separate churches, mm-hmm. we're not growing like we need to right. personally. So time, uh, growth spiritually, and then just being so different. Our sound is different. Our age is different. The makeup of what we do is different. You know, if if you were to go, Kevin, to go and expl- try to explain to somebody who Riverside Revival Band is, you would say, well, it's four guys. There's a bass. There's a, a guitar. There's a lead vocalist, two uh, harmony vocalists. Well, they, then somebody would go, well, they all have that. Right. Oh, but they've got that stick. And you would say, They've got a what? Yeah. They got a stick. <laughs> well, what do you mean that well he plays a stick? Yeah. Oh, I don't understand. So our our biggest challenge professionally is getting people to take a chance on right. four old guys and a stick. So the stump fiddle 
while when you see it in person and you see it played in person, it's a great atmosphere right. to celebrate and sing loud mm-hmm. and be the spark and all those other hashtags that we use on social media. Mm-hmm. But it's also getting churches to take a chance on that different organic right. sound. Once they do, they're hooked. Yeah, They love it, just like we do. But getting in to take a chance on, on, on that not the normal worship is, a, is sometimes a challenge. Too. Right. Well, let me ask you one last question. So you you all uh, you are in worship settings and churches and camps, uh, and, and you you experience what it's like to go away from your normal setting. What do you see? Do you do you see that uh, it impacts a church that they are out of their normal setting and they are away for a couple of days in another setting? in some sort of retreat or camp. So does that really impact? You, you're looking at this a different perspective versus the, 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 uh, the youth or the child or camper, you might say, or guest, or the leader. You're looking as the worship leader. What do you see? Does it impact a church to go away and spend that time? Gosh, boy, does it. It, it impacts more than I think you realize until years later. Yeah. Uh, especially the camper and and the camp and the the leader, the the youth pastor, the counselor, whoever, getting an opportunity to get away from the routine. While routines are important, coming to a place like Carson Springs or going to a camp like like Linden Valley, you have an opportunity to unplug away from both the good and the bad of the routines of your life. Even as a, a worship team, we come here and we're unplugging. Yeah. Uh, from our daily life. I'm not dealing with school. I'm not dealing with softball. William's not dealing with uh, vegetables and, you know, yeah. Tommy's not dealing with all these things. So, you know, William, Jason, Tommy, and I have an opportunity to unplug too. Mm-hmm. But more than that, I look at this, these opportunities these kids have the way that I look so fondly on my camp experiences when I was a kid. Yeah. My church blessed our youth group numerous times when I was when I was younger with the opportunity to go to a camp mm. like Carson Springs. An opportunity to go and unplug and have that camp experience. Especially with something like Super Summer and Impact Camp, these kids are being immersed not only in the beauty of God's creation here at these camps, but they're also being immersed in the Word, the worship. You can't get away from Jesus in a camp like this. Yeah. He's, he's everywhere. He permeates the idea of worship and, and relationship permeates everything that happens in these camps. The benefit of a place like Carson Springs, you can't you can't put a number on that, right? Because it allows those kids to be able to do I don't want to say do church all day, mm-hmm. but draw closer to God all day. To where the distractions of their schedule at home, there's no travel ball here. There's no family problems here. It's you, a counselor who loves you, mm-hmm. a, a youth pastor who loves you, and God, and that's it. Yeah. And it allows these youth pastors who have poured so much in to their kids to let them unplug a little bit too. And you can't put a price on that either because those are the people on the front lines. I get to come and sing and leave. Yeah. I get to come and see the best of this and then go home and take that with me. They get to come and be poured into for a week. Right. You can't. Describe how amazing that is. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for spending time with us to, just to talk about the band. Uh, share with us a little bit about how, if we're interested in contacting you, getting more information, maybe booking you for a camp or a worship service for the Riverside uh, Revival Band. Tell us a little bit more how to do that. Certainly. You, we have a website. It's uh, riversiderevivalband.com. Uh, you will see that transforming. Uh, we've, we've changed ownership of that a little bit. 
you can log you can log on there and see our schedule. You can contact us through the website there. You can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Riverside Revival Band. You can go to Instagram, Riverside Rev Band. Uh, you can follow us on all those social media sites. But we would love to have an opportunity to come and sing loud and celebrate and have an opportunity for me and Jason and William and Tommy and the Stump Fiddle to come <laughs> and uh, and be a part of y'all's cel- your celebration at your churches. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Jeremy, thank you for just sharing with us uh, with about your passion for ministry and how it impacts really true worship. Also, thank you for our listeners today to our podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeremy or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.